If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mark and Sarah talk about shoot. Hello and welcome to the discussion of the championship round of the 2021 March Mastass Ultimate Teen Idol Tournament, where we will be selecting the ultimate teen idol. This will have the force of law. We will not be taking any questions about that. I am your host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here, as always, with the chart-tastic Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Oh, my goodness. You top my chart, Sarah. Every oh. week. <laughs> Thank you. You've been number, number one, one longer than Old Town Road. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, well, the old part is certainly, certainly <laughs> true in my case. So... At last we have arrived. Um, It's been a strange and twisty journey. Uh, We've got a lot to discuss. We've got a lot of predictions to make. We've got maybe some tears to shed for um, the fallen uh, and perhaps in advance for the, for who we predict will be the loser of this uh, championship. Mark, can you introduce to us our final contenders and give us a little background on how we arrived here from the final four? I absolutely can. And for those of you who are listening who haven't yet begun to vote in the tournament, this is truly your last chance. This is the day that the championship poll is going to go live. You can vote at patreon.com slash mastas. That's patreon.com slash M-A-S-T-A-S. You can vote with a free Patreon account. You do not have to be a patron of the show, but of course we would love it if you did become one. And later today we will be hearing, as we have been throughout this tournament, from some of our very own patrons who will be joining us on the mic in this live episode. And today we're going to be discussing a climactic battle between uh, the Monkees and Britney Spears because the Monkees handily trounced Backstreet Boys and... In less of a trouncing, but still a very clear victory, Britney Spears defeated New Kids on the Block. So again, that is a Britney versus Monkeys matchup. Now, Sarah, if I'm not mistaken, you have some thoughts and feelings about uh, what's going on here today. Um, I mean, of course I do. Uh, The the defeat, um, the Monkeys triumph is really not a surprise. I was surprised that Britney won and um, a little sad, but my comments as ably read by you last week about the new kids stand. Like uh, I have a lot of nostalgia. They are a boy band. They evoke a time. They evoke a, um, 
like a, a teenage feeling. Um, but many of the songs are, you know, unpleasant. <laughs> so <laughs> when it, if I were voting on that, um, if I were voting on that criterion, which perhaps I should have been all along and have not been, <laughs> I mean, it, it really is no contest. Like whatever you want to say about um, Brittany being sweetened or her voice being manipulated, um, someone should have done that with Danny and sometimes Sonny. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're not good. But they're, they're also, I, I don't know, like there's something about, there's something about Brittany as an icon of like, teen idols not controlling their own fate. I think maybe that's a key part of um, the, like a teen idols idol identity mm. is that ironically, even though they're um, admired and loved by so many, the reality is that they're controlled um, by just as many and manipulated by just as many. Not that right. that wasn't true of new kids, but I think that's much more front of mind with Britney and a lot of um, female artists. And I, I just, one of the things that I found really striking upon re-listening to the New Kids songs is that I think that I need to stop re-listening to them so that they can be good in my memory. Because <laughs> uh, Hangin' Tough didn't really hold up. Cover Girl mm -hmm. didn't hold up. I actually have not re-listened to You Got the Right Stuff because that's the one I loved the most. And I'm just hopeful that it will be okay in, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to give it a re-listen, but I mean, I enjoy that one and it's like step-by-step step I like, but I also, yeah, step-by-step step like, is good, but the badness, like I, as I said, I do admire that they kind of roll in the badness, particularly of Danny. And again, he can really dance. When I saw them live, I was quite impressed. I was like, oh, that's why you're still drawing a paycheck around here. Got it. Um, but like, we can have lots of fun, uh, buddy. Uh, is that what you're doing? Is that, that doesn't sound fun. That, that sounds like a hostage video. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. But um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hold up. Whereas like, I have had a Britney song stuck in my head for 36 hours. So that doesn't tend to happen with, that doesn't tend to happen with new kids. Yeah, and I think that um, it, when it really comes down to it, Britney is uh, a vessel for bops. And we had a lot of people talking. A vessel for bops. We had a lot of people talking on Patreon over the week uh, during the final four round about their younger siblings losing their minds over Britney Spears, which they were saying seems to be a good indicator of teen idol excellence. And I think that's right. There's something about either a parent or manager is manipulating you. And children adore you and squeal for you. And now I almost feel like a prerequisite for teen idledom is that 25 years later or so, adults get into you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, so, yeah. Um, so I'm wondering out there in uh, patron land, is there anyone who is excited that Britney Spears has made it this far? Is there anyone who's feeling pro-Britney at this time? It's there. The shrugs heard round the world. In fact, some people 
are saying violently no. There is a question going around about whether or not Britney had a lunchbox, and we have reports that she had both a metal and a vinyl lunchbox. <laughs> Brit's comment is nice box. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's my birthday week. So, Suli, I see that you might like to make a comment on behalf of Miss Spears. What is your POV? I mean, someone has to. And being okay. the resident um, youngster of our group, I feel like at least I was i was a teen when she was a teen idol. I was so like, that counts for something. I was actually a queen. Um, I mean, and I'm also on the record as stating, rem- remembering while this was happening that my choir teacher said she only has about five good notes. Um, but, <laughs> that many? But, three more than I got, you know, so... The more I think about it, like, I mean, if we're going on, like, pure teen idoldom, I, like, what it, like, as the teen idolness, like, I still think the monkeys take it in, like, you know, like, did they, like, if somebody said, did they have, did Britney have a lunchbox, which apparently she did, but we don't know about it, like, did, did Britney become an entire episode on The Simpsons about Marge's childhood? Like, no, but the monkeys were. Um... Like, so, I mean, it's, I think for that, but in terms of like the actual listenability of the songs and just like, fuck, do we need to give white men another win? Like, if no, like if for literally no other reason, like, it's like, can I give these dead white people something or can I give a very alive woman who has been treated like shit something? Like, I mean, Dolan's died? Well, some of them died. Are the monkeys (laughs) not dead? Two of them I'm are sorry. dead and two I'm, of them are alive. I'm, I just kind of assumed because they're like, were popular before I was alive. So I'm like, oh, they're probably dead. Um, <laughs> so, there was what? a joke here about my being popular before you were alive, but I'm just going to. Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, I like her songs more. And honestly, I think she deserves it more just because like, yeah. But I mean, those might not be the right arguments to make in this particular forum, but those are the ones I'm left with making. Well, listen, you have to vote with your heart and soul. And I also want to point out that some folks, like Karen is noting that in life, she is pro-Britney, but in this tournament, perhaps not. And I believe that Camille, you may have made a similar point if I'm remembering, or maybe I've misquoted you or misattributed you. But some there are a couple <laughs> of people out there who are saying that they are pro-Britney in life, but not pro-Britney in this tournament. And it definitely was Karen who said that. At least I'm not crazy. Uh, Before we go any further, let's take a listen. Sarah and I have both pulled a clip uh, from Ms. Spears. So first, let's take a listen to a little bit of Toxic, which Sarah, you brought to the room. Um, I did. Here we go. Oh, that was the perfect clip because you got that little sound in there. Here's the thing about this song, and here's why I picked this and pulled this clip. Um, This song, the first time I heard it, I was like, how is this, how is this released in this condition? 
How is this a hit? This is like a, this is like bees. This is like a bee attack. Um, <laughs> and, but then like, then that's what your mind seizes on. Like that's how it gets you. Um, and then you're like, Hmm, well, actually, you know, bees are pretty good for the world. And then you hear it everywhere. And then, you know, all the, like the fakie strings, I agree are like, they're actively annoying and yet they work. And her vocal is, um, like usually they fix it completely so that it's totally poreless. That's not the case here. And yet like something about this song as a whole, the way that it's built is um, like actually kind of frighteningly compelling and effective in spite of its flaws. Mm. Um, there, everything that I both hate about the song and think is uh, evil genius is in that clip. Mm. Evil, evil I genius. I don't think it's particularly like teen idly, but like, and that video is, I mean, it's, it is a great song while it being composed of like, uh, bees and nuggets of poo. Like, I don't know how that works, but like, I'm not supposed to know how it works. It just does. And that's how they get you. And I have um, to admire that. And I do want to know that I th we probably talked about this in our toxic episode from like 800 years ago, but this song was co-written by one Kathy Dennis, who is responsible for some of my favorite pop hits of the early nineties. So that's just like bonus excellence that we can give to the crazy quilt of sounds that is toxic. Um, now, I want to play a clip from another Britney song that I just love. This song peaked at number 11 in the United States, and that was a mistake. It should have been a top 10 hit, if, quite frankly, a number one hit. I would have accepted as well. This is a little clip of Stronger. Uh, so, Kat, you mentioned that you have some strong feelings for this song. Am I correct? I love it. I've also done a, like, jazz version with my singing group of this, of Stronger. It's, uh, it's very close to my heart. Yes, yes. And uh, Mariah says correctly, this sounds like a cut song from chess. And that's not, uh, I would say that's a compliment. <laughs> that's a bad thing in my mind. Yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds like an amalgamation of 15 other songs or actually, you know what it really sounds like to me is um, the American Idol winning song. Yes. Have to sing, um, which is like it's I mean, it has to be inoffensive and composed of proven working parts. Like, it's fine. I get I can see being on a treadmill and being like, yep, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> now, Adam, you would also, I think, like to make a statement regarding the toxicity of the song we just listened to. No, how the, the stronger feelings that you have. Oh, it's not the about song. the song specifically. So if you want, I just, it just occurred to me that, that this matchup like encapsulates something that I've been feeling throughout this whole thing that I, I hadn't, I hadn't really articulated inside myself, uh, much like my teen years. 
that, that I have a stronger affinity for, um, for the teen idols that came before my actual teen years and after my actual teen years. Mm. So like, and I don't know why that is. I mean, I like Debbie Gibson. I like New Kids on the Block. They're fine. Uh, Martika, I see you. But, but it, like the monkeys and Britney and NSYNC are the ones that I actually care about in this whole tournament. And the monkeys were before my teen years and Britney, et cetera, were after my teen years. So I'm thrilled by this matchup. I don't know how I'm going to vote. But I think the monkeys, like, I think the monkeys have definitely benefited from being for two different sets of teenagers Mm. because they were on MTV every day for a couple hours when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. I mean, I watched their show when I was a kid, like still pre pre preteen still, but yeah, I mean, I definitely like had that greatest hits album and still have it. Right. Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't know if this is more about me or about the music, but like, Right. Like I've like, I've, I've glommed onto Britney as an adult gay man. Yeah. yeah, I'm also wondering if like a lot of things that aren't marketed Tara and I were talking about this on an episode of again with again with this, I think recently that it's like, I think um, in the same way that 13 year olds read 17 magazine is an aspirational thing. Mm. I think that sometimes teen idols, like the sort of 11 to 13 set is what's coming in. Like the the fights over new kids merchandise were not happening among right. people who could drive, <laughs> right? So, uh, right. Camille, did you have uh, something to add about the um, the age lane or anything else on on Britney? Uh, well, it was it was more about the monkeys. Um, Do it. I was just thinking, like of all the contenders that we have here, I feel like the monkeys might be the only one that's not like strictly aimed at teen and tween girls. Mm. Every it's that, that like that is um, a fan base that could actually be like not only cross generational, but also like cross gender. Like nobody's going like nobody's scoffing at the monkeys because it's like, Oh, that's not for me. Mm. It's really kind of for everybody. Whereas like a lot, you know, from Britney Spears, New Kids on the Block, um, even, you know, going back, like Debbie Gibson and so a lot of people who who were out earlier, like those are for girls. They're for little girls and the monkeys are for everybody. Yeah. That is a really strong point. And I, that I think also speaks to their musical, com- uh, the, the variety of music that they made in terms of sounds and styles where, you know, Britney's music has kind of been the same Some of the songs are slower than others, but they're all essentially the same. Whereas uh, the Monkey songs, even that we've clipped for tonight, Sarah, are not really musically identical. Yeah, it's it's hard. There's like a whatever the opposite of recency bias is thing happening because Mm. the Monkeys have been a part of the fabric of the culture for half a century longer so it, it's sort of like hard to tell, like whoever they started out being for now, they really do belong to everybody. But I still think I still think that's a good point. I still think that um, that was not like if you were like a whatever, 14 year old boy um, in the late 60s and you were bugging out to Pleasant Valley Sunday, for instance, and thinking that the lyrics really said something deep and incisive about suburban life talking about a friend then yeah i mean i don't think there was as much um like shaming like girl thing shaming as there tends to be with a lot of um 
a lot of teen idol stuff. Um, I do want to go back and uh, note that it, it is really white in here at the championship level. And like the, the whole tournament has definitely been pretty, pretty pale. Um, so that's, that's something else to think about in terms of what the culture thinks makes a successful teen idol. Like does that factor into it in terms of how they're being packaged by mm. record companies, by teen magazines, so on and so forth. I would say today that's not as true. And also teen idols come from social media and like the kids will tell you who's the star. Yeah. And it's not so much like some whatever 40 year old named Irv in Burbank is going to decide that this is what you like and this is what you don't like. But I mean, it, you know, I think that a lot of teen idoldom is a pretty, um, pretty white place. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah. So all, all of that now seems like a time to why not transition to one of our clips. So this is a song that I only discovered last week uh, because I was listening to the greatest hits of the monkeys. And I saw someone earlier mentioning in the chat that they were doing the same. Adrian, was that you? That was. Yes. Yeah, so Adrian and I have been on a similar journey with the greatest hits of the monkeys, realizing, wow, there's a lot of damn good songs here, many of which I didn't know, including this song, which was a hit in England called Randy Scouse Git. I mean, that song is cool to me. Sarah, I know you maybe don't like that one as much. I don't like that one as much because that's a Mickey vocal and like nothing against um, Mickey vocals, but like Mickey in the sort of universe of the TV show, I found really exhausting. There was just like a desperate manic energy and like this song tended to be played over sped up montages of um, Mickey slipping on banana peels and stuff like that, that just seemed really thirsty and um, I didn't care for it. But um, yeah, this isn't one of my, this isn't one of my favorites, but it's also like, you know, it's not a bad song. It's just not one of my favorites. Yeah, to me, it's just a great, I actually do like the song quite a bit. And to me, it's just an example of how deep their catalog goes. Uh, and I'm just impressed that when they started making more of their own music and they didn't have a studio band playing for them or, studio musicians or studio songwriters writing for them, they were still turning out stuff that's like this interesting. Um, I also want to note that Dawn was also a little bit annoyed by him on the TV show, but she says that she didn't notice how much she liked Mickey's voice until we started playing these clips in the last few weeks. Mm. So there you go. Uh, now, Sarah, before we go any further, I think we have a special note that we want to put out into the world, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> we certainly do. And it's a word from our sponsor, eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to snag the pair of sneakers you've been looking for. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers will be meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators who verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. And eBay is good for sneaker sellers, too. 
eBay offers a verified return process and no selling fees on sneakers 100 bucks and up. So it's free to sell or flip your collection. Head to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and selection. Thanks, eBay. Sarah, do you want to set up the clip that you've pulled from the monkeys today? Sure. Um, I have some uh, I have some exegetical thoughts. You're welcome. <laughs> Everybody drink. Um, after the clip, but the reason that I pulled uh, Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow is because I think the monkey's ability to be kind of sexy is uh, sometimes overlooked just generally and specifically in the context of this contest. So can we hear the clip, please? Yes, we can. I'm whispering. Mean, yeah, like, look, Davy is way too short for me, and here is what's happening in the song. He's been fucking them both. He fucked around, and now he's finding out because they found out. Um, <laughs> and now he has to choose that he's like, no, I said I love them both, and it was true when I said it. I, I mean, that that's basically what's happening, but. You, this was always played over some montage of Davy being like pulled in two different directions by a bunch of women. Um, and it's supposed to be like funny and wacky and everyone's wearing white um, mod boots and it'll all work out because one of them's a princess. And then the whole thing resets next week. But there is a, um, there is a sexiness to this song and it is, pretty unapologetic and then the way that they could sort of subvert that for the purposes of the tv show and this whole narrative is that he you know nothing is resolved but it's also a two minute and 16 second song like i do enjoy that about monkey songs that they're like problem possible solution mike goes nuts on the guitar and we're out like it's very <laughs> efficient pop music i like that but i mean the davy whispering Every time with that song, it's like, whew. yeah, it's like he's, I, it's I like he, it. it's like he transforms from a boy to a man in the course of a two minute song. And mm -hmm. whew, my heart. And I didn't know this song until you clipped it and I listened to it. And oh, Lord, it's a, it's a keeper. Now, Lee, you've made, I think, uh, an interesting statement. You've thrown a gauntlet about the relative hotness of the monkeys. Do you care to let us know who your choice would be? Sure. 100% Peter Tork. <laughs> not even a contest not even a contest davy's cute but he's also he would fit in my pocket um mm -hmm. mickey like sarah said has that sort of zany energy that's kind of exhausting mm. and mike is kind of a dick and was married anyway so he's he's done peter tort hottie of the band damn yes mm. yeah i don't like that i struggled with his hair i i have to confess i struggled with his hair 
Well, um, I will say that Emily uh, co-signs with Lee, so they might be fighting over him, and then they'll have to make a music video about that. Um, but you, you're Sarah on record as being a Mike Nesmith stand, oh, yeah, right? Wool hat all day. Like I don't, you know, what whatever like negative things I read about him doing on some like Tiger Beat shoot in 1968. It's like whatever. Who cares? Like <laughs> he was the sort of like cerebral wry one. He had that Texas accent that came out every now and then that I just, I'm a Mike guy, definitely. But Davey, I, I consider it. I mean, I married a guy shorter than me. Not that much shorter, but shorter. So it, well, it has things to recommend it. And I'll leave it at that because this <laughs> is a show for children. For kids. You know, um, Uncle Pop, Uncle Popper's Playhouse. <laughs> uh, oh, Diana just wants to note that she just realized that her crush on John Oliver is probably because he reminds her so much of Davy Jones, particularly his expressions. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, was Davy Jones the Joey McIntyre of the monkeys? Jenny asks. The only reason I will say no is that Joey McIntyre is to me one of the snackiest boy band members of all time. And mm. Davy Jones, though cute, does not reach that level of if Joey McIntyre walked into this room right now, I have a stack of clean laundry just piled up on the bed. I would just knock it all on the floor and get it all dirty again and say, Joey, Mr. McIntyre, what you will. Mr. McIntyre <laughs> now. Um yeah, he, I mean, he is very sexy, but I think it's also no because Joey, I think some boy bands had um, specifically for this purpose a several years younger member, first of all, to hit the swoony falsetto notes, and right. second of all, to appeal to the little girls in yeah. a way that was like really unthreatening. The Michael Jackson, Donny Osmond slot, if you will. Yes, yes. Um, so I wonder, Ron, if the stats tell us anything about what we might anticipate for. I was also going to ask. Yes, for the championship round. Uh, yes, they do. Stats have all the answers. Um, so in this matchup, so the Monkees have an average margin of victory of 118.5 and Brittany is at 102.5. Um, so a 16 vote difference in margin of victory. Oh, so and now just out of your soul, um, ignoring <laughs> the stats altogether, uh, I think I can guess whom you would vote for because I can see the band on your T-shirt and your yeah. Zoom background. Obviously, who, Brittany. OK, but, but for, <laughs> for, for those who are just listening and not watching, whom would you vote for, Ron? I will vote for the monkeys, but I am I am worried about this matchup. This is the only one I've been worried about. <laughs> and worried in what way? Just seeing how well Brittany's done. Yeah. About the tournament. Well, and, you know, I feel like it's also so interesting because, Sarah, you and I were talking before we started this recording about the fact that really, if it had been the monkeys and the new kids, it would have kind of been variations of a very similar flavor. But at the end of the day, Brittany and the monkeys are not very similar. They are no. similar only in the way that you talk about like ide ideas they're ideologically similar in the fact that they were both popular with teenagers but when you get down to the music yeah. chalk and cheese as the brits say well and it's different eras and you know aside from everyone involved having a nose not not really the same at all um but yeah i mean i'm sort of glad i'm sort of glad that it has come down to this and that it wasn't um 
that it wasn't just sort of like the various number one and two seeds, like um, marching like scythes, <laughs> proceeding like scythes through their competition. I think that makes it way more interesting what it says about uh, bad seed McGee over here. <laughs> I don't know, but this is what a six and an eight seed. So, um, well, I'll tell you, I never would have predicted that the monkeys would be poised to win the whole thing. Ever. I don't think I would have either. And in retrospect, well, actually maybe I did early on. I think I, I think I definitely called them for the final four, but um, yeah, that they, that they won the whole thing or could win the whole thing. I think um, in retrospect seems a little more obvious than it was to us. Initially, yeah. I would say. And I think you and I both like in the round of 64, we're like, yeah, new kids probably sweep this up. That and they got is close. a little surprising to me, but like, I think that Brittany always ends up in these chalk and cheese matchups. Honestly, I mean, if you look at the if you look at all the matchups, it's like Brittany is this. Um, yeah, she's just uh, sui generous. Maybe I don't know if that's the right. Term. But you know, that's a really good point because Britney Spears. I know that we've had some back and forth about this, but I fundamentally do feel that Britney Spears qualifies as a teen idol, and I accept that there are people who do not agree with me, but I feel that she does. But she does inhabit the t this teen idol space in a very different way. And you're right that like that speaks to her place in the culture that she's not quite like anybody else, which is yeah. so interesting to think about because she's such an almost homogenized product of an artist that in a way you would think that she's not like anything else because she's not anything, but that's not quite true. It's just, there's, there's some interesting depth to be plumbed. Well, you know, whoever has been positing that she doesn't exactly belong in here because she's too big, I think is probably correct. I mean, <laughs> that was penultimate train to Clarksville. The, the um, artists that we threw out before um, because they were too big, the Beatles, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, the Beach Boys. Um, I think there was one more that I can't remember. Taylor Swift. Yeah, that, that we didn't even put them on the undercard. And in retrospect, we probably should have done that with Britney, but then Christina probably would have had to go by by that logic, like logic. <laughs> <laughs> by those, I mean, I will just, I do want to just take a moment to reflect that one of my favorite moments of this whole tournament was when I was on a walk and you called me anxiously about Bobby Sherman. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I was, I was hard and I was wrong. I at first resisted his his presence in the tournament, and I was wrong. You had also just spent hours building poles, and I was like, um, here's an issue. And you were like, I'm going for a walk to Connecticut. Lose my number. But we worked it out. <laughs> oh, my and then, gosh. And, it was, and he got really far. So you know what? Bobby yeah. Sherman. I don't, I don't, I regret any, um, I regret any upset that I caused you, but I do not regret, um, remembering him. But, no, um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if you feel like maybe Britney Spears, like part of what made all of those other group superstars is that they had that something that made them, that set them apart from all the other artists that mm -hmm. made them huge and compelling and ergo, they were way too big for this and what you've just said about Britney made me think of that. That maybe, yeah, if we had well, it to do again, she would just be um promoted directly to Valhalla and then let the <laughs> but let you know, the it's interesting, it out. 
it's like it took this tournament perhaps to show us this. And I do want to note that many people are stressing. Uh, uh, Britt says, Jesus, I'm so wired about this. I feel like I'm the one on drugs. And then uh, <laughs> Ron notes that he's going to be anxiously refreshing the uh, the voting page for every for like every two minutes for the entirety of the week, which I feel you. And uh, I just I feel like here we are. We you know we can't go back. And I think at the end of the day, it's a fascinating competition to see the monkeys and Britney Spears facing off because what an interesting look at the way teenage oriented pop music has changed and hasn't changed that mm. there's always this sense of fascination with an adulation for the performer but that so many other things about the 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 music have changed like and but also Britney started on a TV show she was on the Mickey Mouse Club and Star mm. Search but like it's not the same. And I just, I really feel like there might be an entire book to be written called Brittany and the monkeys. And it might be a comic book. I don't know. <laughs> well, I do want to say to everyone who has been participating, both the patrons who are joining us have been joining us in these episodes and to the listeners out there who have been voting and listening. What a joy it has been. This tournament has been so much fun. And Sarah, I want to say, of course, I'm so glad that we did this again. It's been such a good time. I also can't wait to see what happens because I've so often been wrong and it's been so informative. Yes. Occasionally enraging, but informative. And so next week, listeners, the next episode of the show will be a regular episode again, in that it's just going to be me and Sarah. But we will be choosing to discuss a song by our tournament victor. So if you are wondering who won, it's whoever shows up in your feed next week. Uh, but until then, all I can think to say is 23 skidoo, but I'll say it like the monkeys, like Davy Jones. 23 skidoo, I love you, Donna. Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.